And I want to get you guys to do something for me and just uh, close your eyes. And I want you just to stretch your hands upward and just, just lift your hands toward heaven. And it takes a little bit more effort, you know, when we want to be contagious for others and, and bless them. So, Father, we just stretch ourselves out this morning. And, Lord God, it's, it's easy to do for ourselves, but it takes effort for others. And we lift up those, Lord God, that we know in our families and our lives. We pray, Father God, uh, a blessing over them. We speak, Lord God, your will be done. And we thank you, Lord God, for the hope of glory that completely consumes them. And we pray now, Lord Jesus, that receive our praise this morning, receive our worship, every word that we don't leave one word left over for complaining, for being upset, for being bitter, for being disappointed. Every word, Lord God, we get caught up in your presence. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord God. Arguments are falling to the wayside. Disappointments fall into the wayside or, 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 or announcing or praising the disappointments fall into the wayside and just glorifying you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Consume us this morning as we move forward in our prayer life. And Father, we just pray. We lift up Miss Pamela this morning. We just pray healing over her body, Lord God. We just thank you for regulating her blood pressure this morning. And it's not high, it's not too low. It's going to be just right that you have called her to be alive and blessed and whole from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. We thank you for the anointing of God on her life and her and Pastor Donnie as you watching over them and they're watching us and praying. We just believe that we are receiving healing with her, that you, Father God, are the author and finisher of our faith. Father, and I thank you, Lord, over today's service. I just, I just speak uh, the heart of significance and, and meaningful that, that everyone here will realize and know how meaningful they are to you. And that, Lord, that you are never forgotten. You'll never leave or forsake us. That, Father God, our heart being encouraged this morning, Lord, to know I matter to God. I matter to God. I, I may feel like no one around me sees that I matter, but I matter to God. And, Father, I pray, Father, for a strong conviction to come upon us to recognize that matter like no other time in our lives to know that I matter to God. He sent Jesus for me. And I matter, Lord Jesus. I thank you. I thank you for the deliverance, Lord God, for feeling disappointed. Thank you for the deliverance, Lord God, for feeling from feeling unappreciated. I thank you, Jesus, that I know that I know that I know I'm encouraged by what I mean to you. I thank you, Lord. I just I just thank you, Lord Jesus, just to just to know that I know I mean something to the God Almighty, to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, that I mean that much to you. And Father, I redirect as they were worshiping this morning, I redirect my praise from what's not happening in my life to the one that has always happened in my life. I just bless you this morning. I just want to come and give you thanks. I want to come not with my hands out, but with my hands up, Lord Jesus. I come to you with an attitude of surrender, Lord Jesus. Thank you for me seeing the beautiful side of my life. Thank you for letting me see the great part of my life and not what's missing, but the God who's always there. Because you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord God. You've always been there. Thank you, Lord God, that my eyes see you first. Lord God, everything else filters through my God, being there through my God, always wanting me, even when I didn't want myself. Thank you, Jesus. I see it. 
I see it clearly now, and I thank you, Lord God. You're the heart, Father God. You're that ultimate thing, Lord God. If I don't filter through you, what I see is not on my behalf. But this morning, this day forward, I see on my behalf. I'm going to quit looking for problems and start staring at the great promise that you sent, God, of sending your son. I need to see Jesus. I need to see Jesus in an almighty and amazing way. I need to see you, Lord. I see too much failure. I see too much doubt. I see too much limitations. But this morning, I see God. I see you, my God. And you said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Thank you for the kingdom view this morning. We're a view of the kingdom. No matter how weak my faith is this morning, Lord, I thank you. For the borrowing of sight to the blind spots in my life. I thank you, my God, today. Those spots that were blinded, Lord God. I was once blind, but now I see that you're restoring me to sight and restoring me to joy of my salvation. Lord, thank you for the coping skills I received this morning. That, Lord God, it is not over. That my God is still able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. I stretch, Father God, and just y'all disagree with us right now and over your life, stretch your faith toward those family members that are struggling to see true love, struggling to see true peace and authority of God. It's just so conflicted with their anger and their hate. I pray, you pray, pray over them to receive sight of the love of God, receive passion. Paul, who at one point was called Saul, he was the most violent man against Christianity. And you may have somebody in your family that just makes fun of your faith and makes fun of you, but, but God, God did something to his eyes and, and caused him not to see for a while. Until he opened his eyes again, he was able to see what God wanted to do and heard the message of God. That family member that I just sense this in my spirit that relative that's in your life that just so blind and so filled with hate and anger that that today that the scales fall off as they're encountering with God today Lord we just believe it we believe that we're two or more gathered together in your name there you are in the midst is touching any and everything I thank you according to Daniel 10, 12. You heard us as we prayed the first time. We believe it is done and so in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. If you are to stand. Amen. Uh, and if any of you adults feel like coloring, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You may. I'm just, uh, if they want one, I, I was really just kidding. Yes, chocolate, Irene, yes. That's really what she's selling is chocolate. Read. Irene's hand is waving.
Ah, no biggie. Yes, I'm... Okay. All right. We're back. We're back. We're back. Hey, man, everybody grab your whatever you follow Jesus with, Bible, uh, phone, whatever. Let's hold them up toward heaven. Let's, let's repeat after me. Uh, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can be what it says I can be. And I can do what the Word says I can do. It's the living seed of God living in me. And I'll never be the same. Never, never, never will I be the same. God increase, pastor decrease. Give me ears to hear what God has to say. I'm going to walk with power and not let the loss get left. Amen. You guys may be seated. Amen. So we are uh, preaching about first love. And it's just been a... Uh, just just been on my heart for quite some time to talk about that 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 first love and, and how God is our first love. It, it helps us in coping in difficulty. First John chapter four verse eighteen through nineteen says, "There's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love." We love him because he first loved us. You know, that just the whole point of the exposure of love and, and removal of fear. You, you've been around people long enough, and, and I, know we, we, I know growing up just coping with bad relationships and, and people that were in bad relationships, well, the person would become possessive and, and would say, Say, it's because I love you so much. An, an abusive person would say, I do this because I love you so much. I'm, I'm afraid of losing you because my love is so strong. Well, that's not love. That's abuse. And, and what it is is that that person is using that as a way of possessing someone and then manipulating them ultimately into believing this is what real love is. Well, and, and when people come to Christ, they're waiting for God to be in a way kind of abusive to them. Uh, and, and kind of like, you know, God, how can you still love me if I make mistakes? How can you still love me? Or, or you know, I remember hearing, and I, gosh, I, I want to say eight or nine years old. I remember hearing this, this gentleman, well, not a gentleman, that's loosely, this man say to the woman he was abusing, I remember hearing him say, 
uh, you made me act that way. What you did made me be that way. And, and it was like one of the craziest things that I remember, I remember thinking, man, that is the... That's, that ain't right. You know, there's no way that could be right. And, and what, what happened was it, it, it shifted the blame from, from that person being responsible to the other person making them, the, they caused the problem. God is this way. God jumped out and said his, his love was proactive. I'm going to first love you before anything you can give me, anything you can do for me. I'm going to first love you. That's the only way you can get freedom. That's the only way salvation comes is to have to be first I have to first love you. I have to be proactive. Anytime love, alleged love, is reactive, it's not love at all. It's, it's like based on what I can get out of the deal. Right? And we, 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 uh, our, marriages is, is, is marriage, our marriages are covenant, not contracts. Contracts is when somebody else owes you. Right? Sometimes you just have to clean the kitchen. And the person too tired to recognize something that should have been done all along, right? Sometimes it just has to happen, you know, not that they don't come back around, not trying to throw that off, but, but it wasn't to get anything out of it. And God is saying, I, I had to die for you. I had to love you first because there's no way you could even get to come into the kingdom of heaven without me being proactive with my love. So he set the tone by being proactive with love and, and really giving us a blueprint to overcome fear and mental frustration. What is that way when I'm afraid? I got anxiety. I, got, I don't know what to do. I'm going to return to my first love. I'm going to return back to Christ. I'm going to return to God. I, I got to have my turn back to God. When I shut down, when I'm, when I'm not vocal, when I'm not audible, I, I need to go back to my first love who loved me out loud. He wasn't ashamed to love me. And as we preached a few weeks back about we are God's people, he said it, announced it. Imagine not giving God anything to work with when he wants to brag about you. And yet he still finds a way to talk about us as being his people. Uh, when love is down on our, on our daily life chart, so we got to have love. Love needs to be first thing. It needs to be upfront. It needs to be, be scheduling. I'm starting to learn how to enjoy uh, planning. Uh, and what that means to a person who is a planner, because I plan all fun stuff. Because I'm never going to enjoy planning if all it is is my to-do list. Okay? Uh, I don't mind getting up and mowing the grass, but if she tells me to do it, it might be a struggle. But Pastor Rita never does that. But if she were to go, you need to do the grass before church today, we're going to struggle. Right? This is going to be a struggle. Just going to be a struggle. We ain't going to, we ain't going to argue. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm probably not going to say nothing loud, but you never do this. So it's just an example, right? It's just an example. She doesn't even, she'll go, she'll pay somebody, which makes me angry. But, but here, it's, if she were to schedule it for me, it won't be out of, it won't be a compassionate thing for me. But this morning, I did it because I wanted to. I, I love doing it. Right? Love doing. And, and God is saying when, when love is first, when it comes up first, when it shows up first, there's a compassion about you that's going to want to do something. This is why God didn't force me. This is why I'm amazed when, when people say, well, well, God made me love him. Well, God made me. No, God gave us the opportunity to choose him because it's stronger when you choose to do something than when you're forced to do it. Right? And if you've ever been a kid before in your life, you know the difference. Or an adult. 
But if it's down on our daily chart, fear, doubt, and depression sets the tone for, our, for your day. And in fact, we become reactive instead of being proactive, which comes from love. John 3.16 is proactive. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He started setting this up back in Genesis 3, back in the garden. He said, you're going you're gonna to bruise his head. He's going to bruise your heel. It's going to be after you. He's going to be coming. There's going to be things. But I'm going to set the tone to love you. It says, before we were on the earth, before the earth was ever formed, Christ died for us. He was proactive. He was, he was out there. And, and sometimes we have to remember this. We have to do the right thing first and often. Sometimes before people catch on. It's, it's first love. I want to return to my first love. I've heard people say, you never forget your first one. It, if you're not still with them, it wasn't the right one. So it's It's forgettable. <laughs> It's forgettable. <laughs> it's forgettable. That, that, that statement still don't make sense. How you never forget your first one? Yeah, you can. It's doable. Sometimes we have to explain that to folks. God's pursuit of giving us eternal life came from love, and the seed went first. The ground responded. So the ground will respond to seed. Humans were made to have meaning. Without purpose, life is meaningless, and a meaningless life is a life without hope or significance. And, and Rick Warren wrote that on, in Purpose Driven Life. I know this book many years ago, but I love that. Love one statement that I grabbed a hold of that book was that you can't fix the problem if you're always fixing the blame. I, I can't fix things that I'm always looking for a fault as to why they went wrong. Maybe it's just a matter of just working together and I, I have to return back to God loves me. God, God is my hope. God is my authority. God is, is everything to me. When I feel unappreciated, unwanted, whatever, unloved, I, I can turn and say, God loved me first. This is my, this is my first love. This is my ultimate love. In, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 through 34, it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto thee, unto the day is the evil thereof. How many of y'all know there's enough devil in today? There's enough devil in tomorrow. So you need to enjoy Christ now. Right? If you're worried about tomorrow, they got enough stuff waiting on you there. Let's live in today. Because, see, if I don't learn how to successfully enjoy God now, I'm not going to be able to successfully enjoy him tomorrow. And I mean that you'll set up an attitude based on where you put God in on a chart. And this is one of the first things you do is wake up and be thankful, be grateful that you woke up. Right? Like, some people are mad about that, but... If you couldn't wake up, that's a bad deal, right? Completely not wake up. And, and he calls us to that place of, remember, I, I, I love you. Just always be mindful of the love of God and how much he loves you. So seeing the king first activates the mathematics of things to be added, those things that add to your life instead of taken away from your life. So I seek God first, and I'm going to see the things that are going to be adding to my life instead of this always takes away my joy. This person shows up and always makes me <laughs> frustrated. How people in your life where if God, when you, when you see God first, everything else that to add to you comes to you. 
right? And the things that are not adding to you, you are able to, you're able to deal with those things. You're able to deal with them. We just said, call it a prayer life, call it worship time, whatever, but seek God first. Seek the kingdom of God first. Seek God's way of doing things first, and everything else will be added. And a lot of times, uh, folks may think like, well, that means that I'm going to be added with, 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 with these types of blessings. That time. Sometimes you just need to be added with a positive person around you. You need to add it that that person who is negative will stop being negative. Sometimes that's your addition. That, that is the thing that's adding to your life. There are things that, that walking in love buys for us that money could never be able to purchase. Could never buy it. Money cannot buy what love has given us. That's why when they say in the Bible, uh, uh, it is hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And it said one, one defined money. It was saying that when they spent their life buying everything, when it comes to Christ, they can only be able to receive. Now, I don't know about you guys, and, and Pastor Rita was given a political word, strong will. Uh, it was hard-headed for, in my neighborhood. That boy, his head is hard, right? And, and again, until I got older, I realized that didn't mean I could run my head into stuff. Because, see, then when you insulted me, you don't tell me what that means, so I think I can run into brick walls. I, I only took one. only took one shot at that. But, but that part of it was that when you get a hold of something, you won't let go. And as many people out there that are professing to be atheists, they still can't take away what God has done in me. That first love, that, that, that still remains strong. They weren't there when I was messed up. They weren't there when I was down. They weren't there when I was, when I was a, a mess or a mistake in my eyes. They weren't there at one and a half years old when my biological father walked out on my, my mother. They weren't there for all that, but then this other father comes in, and then the heavenly father shows up. You got to look at the fact that that, that first love remains. And, and our, our, our words about salvation and about uh, Jesus uh, needs to come forward now more than ever. Right. It's uh, I, I've, <laughs> I've never uh, thought of it this way, but but a lot of times people are becoming really attracted to themselves. <laughs> Self-confidence, maybe, but they are attracted to themselves. And I don't mean like in looks in being their own provision for life. They are attracted to I can do this. Pull up my bootstraps I'm, whatever it is. And I believe you are supposed to work. I believe you are supposed to take care of things. But I also believe that, that you're supposed to lean on God because you cannot get to heaven without God. Cannot get there without Christ. It, it, is, that, it is my first love. He, he brings me back into those places. And, and this is why, where we have to stop and not try to pursue God for things and pursue him in his presence. As y'all were singing that song, I was thinking about Psalm 1611, that in his presence is the fullness of joy and pleasures evermore. Right, that like in his presence, we, we're there. There are things that, that, that only love can buy. If life seems to be filled with things that, that, that take away from you internally or externally, sow time in God's presence and allow him to reveal your abundance through him. You, you have to get in the presence of God. That, that, that part of our relationship with Jesus should not be a weekend date. Amen. We should not have date day with God, date night. 
should be a fellowship, should be a continual fellowship with God. And, and, and at all times as you're doing that, even as our kids speak the coping skills over your kids, if they're stuck in the house with you and you're miserable, how much more are they? You know, because they, they haven't learned to deal with all that. Like, why are you still here? Like, I can see this in my family. They are looking at me like, you are here every day. They love me, but I'm there all the time. All the time, when I wasn't there all the time before, right? They came by this. This is love. You want to look and speak that peace over your children, that they'll learn how to cope, they'll learn how to deal with things, that, that the peace of God will strengthen them. If Josiah became king at eight years old, how much more can you pray the strength of God over your children? Don't, don't just think that it can't be done, all right? Speak it. Begin to believe God over your children. Train them up in the way that they should go, and they'll never depart from it. The peace that comes from spending the first fruit of the day with our, our, with, with our first love, that gives us strength to face any adversity that comes up. Is that, how, how am I handling these adversities? God, how am I going to get through? Let me start with Jesus. Let me seek first the kingdom of God. Let me watch him add when things come to subtract. Let me see that my addition is greater than anything that's trying to take away. An encounter with God structures our day with being blessed in the presence that worrying about tomorrow can't become a thing. Can't become a thing. Now, again, there are things that in this room, some of us are stronger than the other people. That we have to rely on each other. Some of us didn't raise our hand for a bag of chocolate. Some of us couldn't help it. Right? You probably can go through the store and walk past the apple, the produce sections, and the apples that say 50% off. Y'all can walk past it. I can't. I'm grabbing them bags like a madman. This is good for juice. I walk out like, like I've robbed them. I go pay. But I don't even get a basket. I'm walking in H-E-B like this. I got a deal. I got 50% off. They go, but this one's a little brown on it. It don't matter. The juice is good. I just want the juice. And sometimes we think we got spots on us and God can't use us, but you're, you're good for use. The apples don't look good. Those apples, you, you should see the household. She got me a cleaner to spray the fruit and vegetables that I'm juicing. They don't need to be clean on the outside. Who cares? But that inside, those of y'all I've shared juice with, you know. There's spinach and all kind of stuff in there, but the juice. huh? And God is wanting you to know that, you know, you got some spots out there, but, but he's going to use you anyway. But you got to return back to your first love. Instead of being used up, God wants to use you for his will. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. And it's, it can be in a, in a place where God, uh, do you know how limited I am? You know how limited? And he says, yes, I do, that you're the best kind. Because that means I will be the, getting the one doing all the work. I don't have to unteach you something. The, <laughs> you have to become part of those who are unlearned. I, just, I remember another word that I thought was a compliment but wasn't a compliment that a coach said about me. He said that Tory is my college coach. He says he's a jack of all trades, never mastered one. I just think he think I can do everything. 
I never caught the last part of his insults. And, and, I, and I, here's what I believe why, because my mom would always tell me, you can do anything you put your heart to, anything you put your mind. Any of your parents ever said that to your kids? You, you can do that. <laughs> Y'all didn't say, okay, yeah, yeah. let me say that to your kids for you. Look at her, like, no, I never told my kid I can do that. <laughs> She's like, he always knew. My mom don't believe I can make it either, so we're good. Unbelievable. So he was... My mom would always encourage me. She would say something that was encouraged. So if, when people said negative stuff to me, I only took the good part and never let, never let the end of their sentence finish. And I realized that that person was telling me I couldn't focus on one thing and get it right. I could do a bunch of little right and a bunch of little spaces, but I couldn't do one thing completely right. That's what he was saying. My mom was saying I can do all things. So he that jack of all trades. He was right on schedule with what she'd been saying. I would, I would recommend that you go to the word of God. And when God says you're forgiven, you're forgiven and quit letting people bring up your mistakes. Amen. Just cut the sentence off. You believe God forgive you? That's it. Done. How can, and then they'll go into how can God forgive you with all the stuff you did? No, I'm done. We're, I'm forgiven. I'm set free. I'm, I'm first love. I'm with Christ. And you've got, you have to learn how to cut that off. You have to learn how to have a, have a, have a short memory and confess your sins to God. If He says, if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you. You have to believe that you're forgiven when that happens. You cannot carry that luggage on the plane anymore. Any of you guys ever flown Spirit since we're here? Spirit Airlines? You know, Spirit are bad neighborhood airlines. Come on, man. And they won't let you have a backpack on there. And, and then I had the nerves, the nerves, multiple. I had on the Spirit. We were trying to get, get me out of somewhere. It was the only one that we, I've gotten, I'd gotten stuck. So my travel agent over here. Pastor, you know when God brings somebody in your life that can do all the stuff you need to have done for your life. My travel agent was scheduling stuff to say, you're going to have to fly spirit. What that means to me is you need to take your watch and your wedding ring off and shove it in your front pocket just in case you fall asleep. That's what you have to do. Have you, not, have you been on spirit? Have you just sent in me? Okay. And, and there's people, and I had the nerve to get all like uppity, like why are they so loud and why are they... We own Spirit Airlines. This one lady was talking so loud, and we, we were in Vegas. It was just, my layover was in Vegas. <laughs> and apparently they all flew together. And they were so loud on the plane. My noise cancellation earphones couldn't get rid of them. And when I had the nerve to be like, I was going to turn around and like, and God goes, you own spirit. That's the reason why a bunch of folks is on here. You paid for this company or didn't pay for this company, right? Because you're going to make more in the long run. What, what, I, what, I, what, I was, what I was gathering from God was that sometimes we, 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 we budget ourselves in our faith sometimes and realize what's accompanying us isn't favorable. Like I, can, I don't understand why she had so much to talk from Vegas to Austin. That's a long flight. She talked the whole time. Go ahead! Go ahead! 
time and she was just full of she was she was spirits she had a bunch of spirits in her demonic maybe but she was you could smell it and then if her friend couldn't hear her who was at the front of the plane she stood up God, you hear me? I went where's the stewardess there are no buttons to call a stewardess on spirit you basically have to serve yourself can I get some soda some since she ain't sleeping I'm not gonna sleep and I think sometimes we get on the wrong plane and we can't understand why people are not in agreement with our faith because we're riding with people that don't agree in faith. And we kind of have to speak up and say, you know what? I'm going to pay the price to fly with Jesus. <laughs> Delta. Anybody. But I was thinking about that in, in Spirit Airlines and thinking that, you know, you never hear stuff like, hey, uh, is there a doctor on the plane? It's just like, we're in trouble. They're not flying spirit. And if they are, I probably won't let them work on me. What's the bargain for my faith? Is my faith worth bargaining? Is my belief worth bargaining? Is my hope worth bargaining? It's not. Nothing against spirit. If you work for spirit. But I don't want to bargain with my life when it comes to serving God. I want the full thing. In Psalms 51 and verse 10 through 12, <laughs> sounds like I want to travel again. He says, create in me a clean heart. Everybody say amen. Yeah, man. Oh, God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thine Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Um, I, how many of y'all used to be really happy about God when you first came to Christ? How many of y'all were like on fire, crazy, excited about God? Way more than you are now. Like, like a lot of times, this is the part we don't want to admit, right? This is the part where, where you were, uh, uh, un, I guess, Margarita, Margarita, remember when we were the only ones, I guess we were the only ones in this room that was so excited about Jesus that we wanted to tell people at the gas station, you may not be saved, like we would, we would, we would witness carelessly. Okay, I guess that was just us that were going to other people. I think you're going to hell. You want to get right? I was that kind of witness. Go down, I go down, we go down to feed the homeless people, or not even feed them. We just go down Guadalupe talking to homeless people. You ever try to tell a high homeless person they're going to hell? Not difficult that is. You, we had to grow, but while, while, while we were down there, they were seeing stuff, but it could have been meth. You know, that was causing them hallucinations to happen. But I, was, I, I remember being so excited that I believe God could do anything. Guess what? God can still do anything. Just because my excitement is down doesn't mean God is down. Right? And, and that's the part where we got to remember, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changed. He's still first love. He's still that. Right? And, and it begins to come back. So a believer is well aware of spending eternity with Christ and, and the joy of knowing we are going to be with Jesus forever keeps us mentally, emotionally stable. Should. Should. Satan would love for us to forget about God's great right thing in us when things are falling apart around us. This is nothing right about you. But you got to remember, I've got Christ. I've got God. And, and even as, as believers, when we pray for something and something doesn't come like we think it should come, this is where we start to lose our affection sometimes. 
And God is saying, no, I'm still your first love. Whether the thing is there or not, I'm still here. I'm still first love. I'm still that. I'm still God. There's, there's called that when, when, when folks would, would tell us uh, that, that uh, they're too mature to tell others about Jesus. And, and at the time, I was too zealous to keep my mouth shut. I say, are you too mature or are you really just not saved? Now, that, that don't go well in fellowship, right? You lose friends in church talking like that. You so mature that you're going to want to go to heaven by yourself. Like I couldn't stop. Like my mouth got going, right? And I don't know if you, how many of you last worders in here? God had a last word in the argument. Yeah, only two of us. See, I love how right. We are in the most healthiest. Y'all are the most righteous church ever, right? I, I have to have the last. I have to have it. Have to. And, and my mom said, I will one day if I keep it up with her. It said, you about to have your last word, right? That is not a promise of, of hope. That is a promise. That is a promise of death. She jumped on the phone last night. My dad and I, we talk before every Sunday or try to talk to him Saturday night for every Sunday, just talk about ministry and the word. And, and uh, I, think we're, I was telling him about uh, Brad and, and just, I was like, man, you, you got to meet this dude, uh, Brad, Margarita's husband. And he's like us, you know, just gospel word, you know. And he was like, yeah. And my mom grabbed the phone. Who are you talking to? This is your son. Oh, he don't need to be, he always on the phone with you. I hadn't talked to him now. She got on and said all she had to say, well, we're going to go now. Never put my dad back on the phone. Completely jumped in and interrupted the conversation and hung up. I was like, man, I, that, I, that lady is either getting even with me for that last word stunts. I pulled as a kid and now she knows how to do it. She, knows, she done found the end call button on that cell phone. The big granny cell phone with the big buttons. Have y'all seen those? <laughs> she can hit the end button on it. And my dad, he was just talking about, he, he, you know, when he's talking about ministering the word, he wants to do it correctly. He doesn't want to, you know, do anything outside of order, you know. And I was thinking, well, you got an audience at your house that you need to preach to. That little lady that's running around. It's, as we pray, God created me a clean heart, renewing me a right spirit. That's an okay prayer to pray, because sometimes your heart can get cluttered. Sometimes your heart can get dirty. Sometimes your spirit can become not right, and you have to get back on track with the right spirit. Uh, and a clean heart is what sets us free. Now, I don't believe that we should just be looking to get to heaven, because uh, we're not afraid of dying. I believe we need to be looking to help people receive Christ and reintroduce them to a first love. Introduce them to, to uh, the Christ of the hope of glory. Now, here's why I got mad at you, or not mad at you, but here's what you did. Matthew chapter 12, verse 29 through 31. Y'all remember when Pastor Rita was standing here? And Jesus answered him, first of all, the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, Lord. And then you said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God <laughs> with all thy heart. And with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength, this is the first commandment. And the second is likely, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. All right? Uh, who should be one? 
I'll give you a chance to answer that. God. Okay, so I once heard a person ask this question, who should be one? Okay, God. Okay, let me try one more time. I once heard a person ask this question, who should be one? Thank y'all. The Lord thy God is one. Y'all stared at me like I'm the only one in the building. <laughs> so if God shall be one, everything we're looking at after is two, right? Remember that in, in our Bible, in our marriage classes, it says, most people say, I'm looking for the right one. No, you need to be looking for the right two. You got the right one. Because anytime you mix, you mix up that positioning and make anything your God over God, that becomes an idol. Idolatry. God is not into that. The first and greatest of all commandments is knowing where God has to be in our everyday life. One. One. I don't care how unsuccessful you think your life is. Your life is a great success and blessing because you're alive and you're in it. You are a blessing. You are complete in, in the things of God. If anything becomes our one, the world is upside down. Upside down. Eh? That uh, my, my twin was talking to me the other day, and he was saying, man, you know, it would be crazy if I go around telling people I was you. He goes, I'm not you, and you're not me. He says, we are our own people. We are, we are completely different. We're, I can't go and live off of your successes and, and be that. And, and we were just talking about how, how people tend to take somebody's negative and become afraid because of a negative thing that happened in somebody else's life. Not that happened to them. And he was talking about this, this one person saying, yeah, man, yeah, see what happened to that guy? That's what happened to me. And he was afraid. And Tony goes, why are you taking the negative part and using that as part of your life? What positive things can you take? He says, you were an athlete. You, you played baseball. I couldn't go around telling people how good I was in your sport. So I definitely am going to take the bat. I'm not going to take credit for your mistakes and say, that's me. I don't need to be afraid because you made the wrong choice. We have to be in a place where we honor God and God's going to lead and direct our steps. Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man, they're ordered by the Lord. And I thought, you know, that's absolutely right. And he says, you're not me. You're not tall. See, he had to, he had to get even. <laughs> the Lord thy God as one will drive us to get up in the morning and go from survival mode to striving in God's best. Amen? Amen? Everybody say Monday. I feel like we're in an AA meeting. What, what's, what's, what's the matter? It's a Mon Monday. So I just said you're going from survival to striving. Act like Monday is a striving day. Okay, we can try again. Everybody say Monday. I tell you what, Zozo, lock that door. I'm just kidding. Don't lock it. Don't lock it. Don't lock it. She's like, why are you inputting me in your meeting? Listen, you've got to quit surviving days and start striving in them. It's not, oh, I made it through. Now the money, I can't wait to get home to go to take a nap. Right? It, it, is, it is a part of where, as the body of Christ, we, we're loved by God Almighty. First love, he's right there. He's in us. Let me give you another one. No matter how well we travel, if it doesn't start with God, we will end up in the wrong place. Right destination, wrong place. If self-esteem is an indicator of my well-being, then it is vital that I esteem God first and highly in my daily life. 
right? If self-esteem is part of what I need to have, then I need to esteem God highly and first. Because he created me. Obviously, he knows what esteem I'm going to need and how much steam I need to keep the train going. When God is my one, I'm conscious of my blessing. And that makes it possible of being a blessing. If you can't count your blessings, you will never be a blessing. If you can't count the fact the life that you're in right now is a blessing, you will not be a blessing. You'll say stuff like, when I get better, I'll be a blessing to others. No, if you can't count the blessing that you're in right now, you will never be a blessing. When what I'm saying to you is you are blessed right now. That, that air you breathe in, even through the mask, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. There's, a, there's some people in the grave giving thanks for your mask right now. But you got to learn how to count your blessing. Learn how to do that. Got to learn how to count the fact that you're healthy and people that have, that have been sick and have passed away from this and you, you're making it through. Count your blessing so you can be a blessing. Okay? That's, that's, that's how that works. So God called us friends and we can move forward in our relationship. So if he called you a friend, you don't have to sit on the side and be a fan. Friends get to come in. Friends get to do this. As, as even this morning, I was thinking like, you know, um, it's too early. Y'all got neighbors that mow their grass at 8 in the morning? <laughs> I can give you a neighborhood. And I was thinking it's too early till I heard the neighbors doing it. So I thought, we're two or more gathered to grass in our name. Let's mow it together. I, I do want to do, let you know that, that that encouraged me to go ahead and do it. I wouldn't interrupt. If they already interrupted them, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. I want you to understand that when you get up and you get ready to have faith and you feel like you're the only one, you're not the only one. We're all believing for each other. Get up and mow your emotional grass in the morning time. All right? Whatever it is, you, you start it up. I love God. I'm going to mow through this morning. Amen? Amen. Awesome. You guys bow your head. Y'all have been fantastically alert, responsive. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, as we're praying, I want you, Justin, Justin, you can turn up just a little bit more even because I'm okay with it. I just want you to let the, the Spirit of God soothe your heart, soothe your mind, soothe your emotions. That Lord God, I've been looking for comfort just seems to be so rocky and jagged just to just to get into your presence but by the time I jump through all the loops in my mind and all the thoughts and all the difficulties I am so exhausted mentally by the time I get to the point Jesus loved me this I know for the Bible told me so I'm exhausted but I pray this morning a rejuvenation of the, the energy of God and the, the blessings of God and the first love of God. And God, I've been praying for a lot of stuff, but remind me, Lord God, to be in love with what you gave me, and that was your love. You gave me something that could never be priced, and this world could never take away. It was your love. And I thank you that I respond, that I count that blessing first, foremost, and always. This is going to take me to the level of loving my neighbor. Lord, I just thank you that as we go forward in this area, that the coping of every day will be able to help all of those around us 
with, with the ability to be able to cope because of Jesus and, 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 and honor God because when we put him first, he's adding to us. I pray, Father, for there just to be a, a, a spiritual uplifting in each and every person in the sound of my voice this morning to be able to know that they know that whether they hear God or not, that you're always there, that you're always with them, and that you meant it when you say you'll never forsake them. Lord, we praise you for it. We thank you for renewed strength. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I was going to ask this question, but y'all have deflated me so much from asking questions, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, you're dating, uh, and I know a lot of y'all don't want to act like you do this, but in, in middle school, a date, and you would call someone on the phone, and you wouldn't say anything. Would you just sit on the phone silent? Anybody, anybody ever do that? Just sit there silent? Yeah, you just didn't have to say a word. Now you do that, something wrong with you, right? So now you do that, you just, some of y'all need to go in prayer and not say a word. Just sit in there and listen to Jesus. But y'all have messed me up and threw me off my game. But anyway, I love you guys. You're dismissed.